Well, good morning. It is so good to be with you in the house of the Lord this morning. This is Osama bin Laden. Just looking at his picture produces a strong reaction. He is actually the founder of a group of people called Al-Qaeda. This group was responsible for killing nearly 3,000 people in the United States of America in 2001. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you think God loves these people? And what if God told you to go to Afghanistan and to preach against Al-Qaeda. Would you go? This morning, as we continue our series, Great Stories of the Old Testament, I'm going to look at someone who God told to do this very thing. And his name is Jonah. So if you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me. To Jonah. Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. So the city of Nineveh was actually the capital of the Assyrian people. And they were bitter enemies with the Hebrew people. When I did my research, they were like a warlike people, and they were ruthless. If you Google how violent were the Assyrian people, you're going to find like some spooky stuff. It makes Al-Qaeda look very calm. So Jonah gets this message, and he runs away from God. Nineveh was 500 miles away from where Jonah lived. And Jonah hopped on a boat with plans to travel 2,000 miles in the opposite direction, five times further. And so he's on this ship. A big storm comes up, and the ship is about to break up. And they find out that all this is happening because Jonah is running away from God. So Jonah says, the way you're going to save yourselves is throw me overboard. So the sailors, they try rowing that big boat to shore, and they're making no headway. So finally, they throw Jonah overboard. And the story continues that God provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of this great fish for three days and three nights. So while he's in the stomach of the fish, with seaweed, the Bible says, wrapped around his head, Jonah prays to God that you are the God of salvation 
that no one can run from you, that I praise you, Lord. And I want you to notice that Jonah starts to praise God, and God causes the fish to spit him out on dry land after three days and three nights. So God gives Jonah a second chance. God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh and give them this message. So Jonah travels to Nineveh, and all Jonah says is that in 40 days, Nineveh will be overturned. And Nineveh was such a big place, it was a three-day walk to walk through it. So for three days, Jonah's just passing on the message from God. In 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. The people heard this, and the Bible records that they turned from their evil ways. They put on sackcloths, like funeral clothes, clothes of mourning. And the king, when the king of Nineveh heard this, he commanded everyone, don't eat or drink and put on sackcloth because this God, he might have compassion on us and he might turn away from us. So the king said, not only the people, the animals too. Don't let them eat or drink. And you put sackcloth on your animals. In chapter 3, the last verse, it says, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. So we'll pick up in chapter 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I was tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah is hoping God would change his mind and punish the great city of Nineveh. So this is what he did. He decided to tailgate, Old Testament style. He set up a shelter on a hill where he could see the city. He got a chair, sat down, and he's watching Nineveh. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade to his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. 
But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. I want you to notice something. When God gives Jonah an assignment, we see in these four short chapters that God always provides. In chapter 1, he provided a great fish to swallow Jonah so that Jonah wouldn't drown. And we see in chapter 4, God provides a leafy plant to comfort Jonah, to provide shade. And then he provides a worm to eat the plant. And then a scorching wind to make Jonah uncomfortable. When God gives us an assignment, he will provide the things we need to complete it. It is not always going to look like how we want it to look or how we want it to be. I'm sure Jonah didn't want to be swallowed by a big fish. I'm sure he enjoyed the plant. But when God provided the worm and the scorching wind, it exposed Jonah's heart. There was still bitterness in that. And God is trying to correct him. As we finish up our story, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant. Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and so many animals. This 120,000 people he's talking about are actually children. The Bible scholars said that there was over 600,000 people in the city of Nineveh. The story of Jonah is a story of God's compassion or his mercy. Bless you. His grace and most of all, God's love. The Bible tells us that God's compassion is new every morning. And I believe God sends his angels before you even wake up from your sleep. And God is shoveling his compassion on you. And he's shoveling his grace all over you. How much grace do you need for today? And God is shoveling his love 
to its overflowing. Yet sometimes we come and dispense mercy, grace, and love with a spoon because they don't deserve it. I'm angry with them. They treat me terrible. And God would want us to bring the shovel and not the spoon. Sometimes we only dispense with a spoon because that's all we receive from God. Because somewhere, at some time, somebody told you a lie and you're believing that lie. You're not good enough. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're never going to be anyone. No one will ever love you. And I'm here this morning to tell you that that is a lie. Because God said, you are worthy. You are a masterpiece. I knit you together in your mom's tummy. Nothing can separate my love from you. No matter what you do, I will always love you. Would you take a look at 1 John chapter 7, I mean verse 7 to 12. Would you read this with me? Ready? Begin. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Jonah was more concerned with a leafy green plant than the salvation of hundreds of thousands of people. I have another assignment for you. There is a leafy green plant back there on the table, and I want each of you to take it home. It's in a little cup. I want you to put it in a sunny window in your house that you pass often. And I don't want you to water it. I want you to watch it die. And as it's dying, I want you to ask God, what is it in my life? It may not be a plant, but what is it, Lord, that I love more than people. God says that you are the head 
and not the tail. That you are more than conquerors. That the price he paid on the cross at Calvary, we celebrate and we are victors with him. You are holy, you are righteous, and you are loved. Would you pray with me?